On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, the Sixers, well, they've won their last two games. Are they starting to find their way? We discussed that and a lot more as they get ready for Washington tonight. Final game of a four-game trip. Keith Pompey and I next right here at Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. What's up, D? What's up is uh, a lot of winning happening in Philadelphia, Keith. That's what's happening. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's the Eagles feel undefeated, huh? Seven and zero. <laughs> they got the Texans on Thursday night. <laughs> so I'm guessing eight no. Phillies in the World Series game three tonight. They did the job. They split like they were supposed to in Houston. Mm-hmm. The Union are now in the championship in the MLS, and the Sixers have won two games in a row. And the Flyers are playing pretty well themselves. Not a lot to complain about, Keith. Not a lot. Not a lot, bro. Not, Not a lot. lot. But we're here to talk a lot of Sixers, so we're going to do that. We welcome you all uh, to Locked On 76ers. I'm Devon Givens. That's Keith Pompey. Uh, he's from TheEnquire.com, Sixers Beat Writer. I am from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia. We thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here at YouTube on Locked On 76ers. Well, Keith. Uh, but Devon, let me let me cut you off a little bit. Yo, Devon being modest. He need to start saying, I am Divine Givens of the Divine Givens Show on 97.5 FM radio. You know, you just make it seem like you just answering calls or something. This <laughs> is the guy, the host of the Divine Givens Show. I've been meaning to say that for like a week. Well, I mean, yeah, thank you. Well, yeah. Your own self, your flowers, bro. Well, you know, I've, it's been my show for a while now. So I just, that's you know. why you say that. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. It's always fun, especially when I'm wrapped around, you know, having to adjust things wrapped around the Sixers and the Flyers throughout the season. But, you know, there's always a lot to talk about around it. And right now, you know, it's crazy, Keith, as we talk about all this and I get ready for the Sixers tonight. I can't remember a time where, you know, uh, the Phillies and, and the Flyers and the, and the Sixers, yes, but not when the Eagles are playing like this. The Phillies are in the World Series, so they're playing deep into the baseball season. Into In November now, Sixers and Flyers just getting started. The Union will really start to pick up traction these last couple of seasons. I can't remember a time where it's been this busy at one particular moment with all of the teams. Yeah, you know what? I would have to say in the early 80s, maybe, you know, when when the Eagles went, I believe because the Eagles did go to the Super Bowl in the 80s, right? And that so when they lost. In 1980, I think all four of them went to their championships. Yeah. There. So so that's what, yeah, around, and now again, we were like way, way young. I was too young. Yeah, yeah, yeah too young, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I kind of remember peeking up. Like I remember <laughs> peeking up on, on mm-hmm. somebody's lap to look at a score or something <laughs> like that. But 
But yeah, yeah um, but yeah, it, it's been that. And, and you got to think about it. We didn't have the union back then. So it was it wasn't that thing. I mean, it was it was crazy because at that particular time, I mean, you you re, you don't remember, but people we could read it. But, you know, the Sixers were the third best team in the league. The yep. Eagles had um, Dick Vermeil. They had Bill Berge. They had some other you know, Jaws, Ron Jaws. Yeah, Harold Carmichael. Harold Carmichael, and they were a great yep. team, but they were also like a Cinderella squad, right? Um, the Flyers were the truth. I mean, they were like that squad. And the Phillies, they had Mike Smith. They had uh, Pete Rose. They had a lot of guys, so they were that squad too. But, yeah, when you look at it now, um, Philly is is the place to be right now. And it's to a point where when, when our Sixers lose, Philadelphia Sixers lose, then all of a sudden it's like, yo, y'all, you know, y'all messing up. Y'all ain't getting the program. So, well, that's what so they won the last two. <laughs> and it, it doesn't take long to flip that record right around. And tonight they have the chance to go uh, 500 uh, tonight for the first time this season since they were 0-0 zero zero, uh, on the campaign. So, uh, Keith, uh, these last two games, Friday and Saturday, we did a, a, a show, of course, before Friday's game, kind of laying out what was going to happen this weekend. Uh, against Toronto needing to improve there. They win that game. They win that game without Joel Embiid, who was out, and we'll get to him a little bit later with his load management. Uh, They win that game. They go small, and it was uh, a great win. They win by 22 points uh, over the Toronto Raptors. They follow it up on the second night of a back-to-back, leading the Chicago Bulls by 19 at one point. The Bulls came back in the second half, even took the lead, and the Sixers had to find some resolve in there and come back and win that game also, and they did. They won, and uh, they are now three and four on the season, Keith. They've won two games in a row, and as I mentioned, a chance to go four and four tonight, even their uh, record up to 500 last game of this four-game road trip. What are you seeing in this team right now that has been at least a little bit different from what we have, what we saw the first couple of games, especially in those losses? You know, the main thing that I'm seeing is that uh, the bench play has improved. You know, um, and 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 it's kind of weird because uh, I feel like Doc Rivers has made an adjustment to where he's getting these guys more involved. Well, and and the main thing is if you look at it, there's two guys who he inserted into the rotation: Shake Milton and Matisse Thibel. Now, me and you, we both we called for Matisse to play, right? So yeah. you know, what I mean, we did that. Yeah. And then another guy you talked about, you asked who should play. And we say shake. And the thing about it is, but we also said, but if you're going to play him, don't just have him running up and down. You got to get him involved. And it seems like they're doing that. Another guy who has also ascended, in my opinion, um, is De'Anthony Melton. I mean, yeah. De'Anthony Melton's play is has been on fire on both ends of the floor. So when you add that, now I also think that there has been some awareness, whereas in the in the in the in the uh, Toronto game, when you look, when you see that uh, Joel Embiid does not play because of resting his knee, that whereas James Harden has the ball, but he realized that Tyrese Maxey is on fire. All of his teammates realized Tyrese Maxey is on fire, so they turned the game into the Tyrese Maxey show, which worked out well. So I think that there was a lot of unselfishness on the floor. And that enabled them to uh, run away with that one. The second game, it looked they had great ball movement in the first half. The second half, they went away from it a little bit. So that concerns me a little bit. But I do think that the improved bench and the unselfishness 
in that Toronto Raptors game were parts of the major improvements. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Tyrese Maxey on Friday going 15 for 20, 9 for 12 from beyond. You were there, Keith, and just watching it. And I, I was talking about this post game where, look, at some point, many of us, even if it wasn't obviously on a pro level, but playing in the league or playing the, your school team, whatever, whatever sport, where you get in whatever form that is of a zone for your sport. And you could see that he was in the zone. And, you know, you've had games where you may play, again, pick up, whatever it is, and you're just going off and you just feel really good. And you know what it looks like. And I'm watching him and I'm like, Oh, he just has that bounce to him right now after he made his first couple in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And he can't miss. And I'm like, okay, this is about to be a good night. I didn't know he was going to get 40. I thought he would get in that mid-30s somewhere along there. And I also thought Toronto did a really good job in the third quarter. That was the Sixers' worst quarter where he only put up 16 points in that frame. But he was just he he was just in, in such a good rhythm. And he, to see the confidence that he has in himself – not let alone to make nine, but he took 12. And, and yeah. that just goes to show where his, his, his confidence level is right now to, to take that three point shot and feel good about making it every single time it leaves, leaves his fingertips. He was tremendous in that game, uh, using his speed, uh, obviously in the other areas of, of, of that game too. And uh, I really, really enjoyed watching him. Then the next night, Saturday, to your point, something that carried over from there, the Matisse-Thibel angle, uh, as you mentioned, and Shake Milton. Shake Milton doesn't have to be in there for 15 minutes, but when he's in there, he has a specific role that he needs to play, and he's playing it, and he's not firing shots up at a high rate. Yes, he's scoring, but he's not high, firing up at a high rate. And then defensively for Matisse-Thibel, we just simply talked about them needing with the, one of the worst wing uh, perimeter defensive teams in the league right now. You need somebody that could defend out there on the perimeter, Toronto has all these different versatile players that can hurt you and you're not playing your arguably your best perimeter defender for whatever reason. And he decided, Doc Rivers did, to put him in the game, played 21 minutes, knocked down two threes, took about five uh, three-pointers that night and was very active, very disruptive on the defensive end, like we talked about when we Mm -hmm. felt that he should have been in the lineup. And then to tag along with that, I'll follow you. You know my favorite pickup from this offseason was DeAnthony Melton. And he, he and Matisse Thibel, like we would talk about during the offseason, I couldn't wait to see a defensive lineup of Thibel, Melton, House, Tucker, and Embiid and, and see what kind of havoc they could wreak out there on the floor. And we're starting to see that now, Keith, where we're seeing much better perimeter defense they're talking, they're communicating now. We don't see as many defensive breakdowns as we saw in those first four games uh, of the season. And I also like this, the Melton, Maxi, Harden, when they went small ball against Toronto on that Friday night, mm-hmm. with those three as the, 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 uh, the three-guard lineup that was out there, I thought they were tremendous together, especially in the fourth quarter of the, uh, the, the first game where we talked about where they lost. And then we see it again in the second game, and they just look really good, man. I, I like that three. I like what Melton is doing. He and Maxie out there together, including Harden. I, I like what they've done so far. So those are some of the things. Uh, their defensive transition has been much better. Also, 
uh, protecting mm-hmm. the ball a little bit better. They had a bad night against Chicago because it turned around so quickly in the second half, as you talked about. Uh, but some really positive signs for this team right now. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I, I would agree. There's been some extremely positive signs. I mean, and, you know, extremely positive. And, and let's face it, you know, I, I was adamant, like, don't do it, D. Don't do it, D. And you and you held your horses. And, um, uh, you know, and, and we look at it. I'm talking about the Spurs. I'm talking about the uh, – what is it? We're talking about the Spurs. We're talking about Boston Celtics, and I'm talking about uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. So if we look at it, the Sixers' three losses came to teams with a combined 14 to four record. You know, Milwaukee's five and zero. The Spurs are five and two, and uh, the Celtics are four and two. So when you look at it, you know what? Things appear to be up for the Sixers because they did. You were correct. At this time, they lost to, you know, two of the two of the first three. I mean, two of the three of the top teams in the in the league right now. Right now. Right now. Yeah. yeah. Right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, listen, man. Uh, when we come back on the other side, we'll talk about um, uh, Joel Embiid, a little bit of load management there, and also something that James Harden said after the game that kind of piqued our interest. We'll tap, in, tap into that next right here, locked on 76ers. Okay. Right now, I want to talk to y'all about Bet Online, right? Why you keep asking why I always want to talk about Bet Online? The reason why I want to talk about Bet Online is because Bet Online is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchup, news, podcasts, and in depth analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute sports for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device device to learn more. Couldn't get it out. Bet online where the game starts. And I'm telling y'all, do it today, people. Definitely do it today. Absolutely. And thank you for making Locked On 76 as your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Keith, all right, Joel Embiid, as we talked about, didn't play in the uh, back-to-back. He played uh, on Saturday, not Sunday. He took that – I mean, pardon me. He played on Saturday, not Friday. Took Friday off. The Sixers went by 22. Of course, people start talking. Oh, they can win, you know, Joel Embiid. Yeah. Stop. Joel Embiid is still Joel Embiid. They just have to get it all together and figure it out. It's early. They'll be fine, I think. Now, uh, how do you see them playing things out with Joel Embiid and his load management? He's questionable for tonight. Is that correct? Yeah, he's questionable, but with uh, non-COVID illness, COVID-19 illness, now you got to put that up. His, uh, his knee uh, load management, right? Well, the last one it was, you know, I, I think what's going on is the Sixers because of his knee. And if you notice, everybody's saying nothing wrong with his knee, but you saw him in the preseason with a bandage on his knee. Like, you, you can't hide it. 
Like he had it at media day, you know, you interviewed him and the whole nine, mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. You can't hide that. So they're saying it's, it's nothing new. It's just from the things that they had in the past. But then we also look at his conditioning too, right? So I, I feel like with carrying this extra weight, uh, being a little bit out of shape, having some knee ailments and all those other things, I think it's a matter of like, they might not be comfortable with him playing back to backs right now, you know, but I do think that when non COVID illness and I, and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what is said at shoot around, but I, I do believe that it is, you know, one of those things where he's sick right now. And, but, but I, I do think that he wants to play, you know, he does want to play. He's saying everything's fine with him, but you know, right about now he's, he appears to have a little illness and, um, but if knowing Joel, he's going to want to play tonight because everyone's looking at it the same way yeah. our friends are, your callers, like, yo, what's up? And and then here's something else, D, that you just said. I do believe that they got to get this right. Like, they play a certain way without him, which is fine. But which you, is good because he's going to games. So they you, you don't stop winning just because he's not there. You don't, yeah. But But at the same time, in order for you to win a big game, a playoff game, Joel Embiid needs to be on the floor. And then also you need to see how you can get Maxi to have great games with Joel on the floor. The same thing with Harden. So I, I think that for them, this is all practice, even though they count, but it's practice on getting that on-court chemistry the way it should be. Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, so we'll see about tonight. Uh, even if without him, I mean, look, we'll, we'll talk about a preview a little bit later. Uh, but Kristaps Porzingis is the big man in the middle there. P.J. Tucker goes with the small ball lineup as the as the five in there. Would Doc Rivers switch that up? Your guess, Keith, would Montrez Harrell, Paul Reed get the nod? Or would you still, as the more traditional center versus what Toronto does with Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes are basically your five man? Do you see it where Montrez Harrell or Paul Reed would potentially get the nod if Joel Embiid did not go because Kristaps Porzingis is a seven-footer, legit seven-footer, right around 7-2? You know what? I, I think um, if if Joel can't go, we, we if I'm the Sixers, I'm going to go back to that small ball lineup, the one that they had with P.J. Tucker at the five. Um, but, I also, but, I, but I also think, like, even if – he does go. I think at this particular time, you know, I'm I'm sticking with Montrez and and that and they in the rotation that they had the last game. The reason being is it's like, you know, I I think you don't want it to get it to be where guys are saying to themselves like, "Yo, what you doing, coach? Like, why are we switching everything up? Like, let's go with what we need to." Not only that, we got to realize that this is a team that traded Montrez. Montrez was in D.C. and then they you know they shipped them to Charlotte. So is one of those things where I know if I'm a player that I'm going to be extremely motivated to go there and torch this team. And the, the embarrassing thing for a guy is like, all right, I'm ready to play against this squad, but you decided to sit me and I'm not playing because of that. But so like, I, I, I want to ride the energy that Montrez has. We know it. You get Montrez can play, he can score points, but guys always get that, advantage or that edge when they face their former team and i don't want to the the reach like to contain that or or to to uh i don't know like don't give him an opportunity 
to explode against his other team. I just don't want to do that. Depressing. I kind of think I, I kind of think they might change it up just a bit because he is seven two, whatever he is, and um, maybe he'll go with a bigger body to start and bring Melton off the bench instead. In this particular case, leaving PJ Tucker there at the four five. I mean, on the wing with. Tobias Harris, also James Harden, and Tyrese Maxey. So we'll see. We'll see what Doc Rivers and his coaching staff decide to do. But Joel Embiid might play, and all that might not mean anything when it comes to this this one tonight in that matchup. All right, James Harden, uh, a, a quote of interest to us. Pace and ball movement is good is what he said. Uh, but at the end of the day, we've got to know what we are trying to accomplish here. We've got playmakers. We've got screeners. We've got shooters. We've got guys that have specific roles that they do, and that's why they're in this league. So as good as we talk about pace and we talk about ball movement and all that, we've got to know what we're trying to accomplish possession by possession. And I think we are trying to get there in quote. That was James Harden. Keith, what did you make of that statement there by James Harden? You know, I really didn't have a problem with it. I mean, you know, I know some people do. Uh, and the reason why I don't have a problem with it is because he's being honest. Like, you know, right now, yes, they are. They do have to move the ball and, and they and they want to. But there have been certain guys in there that you're swinging the ball to and, and, and they're in the slump. And I, I guess it gets to a point where guys are like, look, you got you keep having me passing these ball ball to people and they and they bricking. But that's not their role. Like. Their role has been a lockdown defender and maybe get it. So I, I think that right now, and I get it, and, and before we got on air, you know, and I know you're going to talk more about it, that the way to get out of a slump is you shoot yourself out of a slump. Yeah. But I, but I also think that when a team is struggling and they're trying to get these wins, sometimes a person will be like, yo, why you want me to pass it to him? When I know I can get, I, I can score, or somebody else can score. So we're going to go to the three people who I know can help us win this game. So that's in a way that's a little bit of human nature. But I also do think that the Sixers do got to get a grasp more on that rotation to pick guys in the right spots. But that's me. I know you're going to break it down, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys say. Yeah, I just think that, uh, like you said, that. When you when you shoot and you try to get yourself out of a slump, you have to shoot in order to get out of that. And that goes for James Harden. He had an awful shooting performance the other day. I think he was what, two two made field goals, three made two field goals. 12. Yeah, two for 12 in the game. Now, look, he had 11 assists. He made sure he handed out the basketball. That helped things out overall. And it also helps out when Tyrese Maxey is dropping the shots the way that he was. But, yeah, I mean, he has to shoot himself out, too. Uh, in that way but he also has to make sure that the ball moves a lot of times we see and we talked about it early on where they've kind of made an adjustment where he would dribble so much you know that dribble 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 bang 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 and as he's doing that guys are just standing around that's not helpful so when we talk about yes guys knowing their role pace and all and spacing and all the ball movement is important to keep the defense honest to keep the defense off balance and and not have it so predictive you know so you, where it's not so you know, predictive, predictable with what they're doing. And that's that's something that, as he's saying that, because a lot of times I look at James Harden, I'm like, he's saying stuff, but he's not doing that himself. <laughs> he's, 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 he's not practicing what he's preaching a lot of times. Now, he's sharing the basketball. We can't deny that. But oftentimes, 
we, we see. But that's, that comes with James Harden. He's going to dribble. He's going to have those types of possessions where it's going to be there. So uh, it was an interesting quote. You know, everybody has their roles. You're absolutely right. Shooters, defenders, passers, all that, ball handlers. If, if they're trying to get to where they have to get to, as a high-level player that he is, practice what you preach sometimes too and recognize what else is going on. But I do I do like when he sees that Tyrese Maxey is rolling, he finds Tyrese Maxey to keep make sure that he keeps rolling. So it was an interesting one. I'm curious to see what, what the listeners and the viewers think about that, all the Sixers fans out there. Final one on the other side. We got to talk about the Wizards uh, briefly. Uh, the Sixers and Wizards do play a game tonight, first of two this week, Monday and Wednesday. We'll talk about what they may or may not be as a challenger tonight. We'll get into that next right here at Locked On 76ers. What's up? <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, to Locked on 76ers. Uh, that's Keith Pompey. I'm Devon Givens. Hey, this is live, man. A lot of times things happen. You just got to get up and do what you need to do. I know you have some things to do, too. You got to get to, uh, you know, some things with. The- nah, nah, it's funny. What happened is I was like, I was just over there jamming, listening to the music. And they're like, uh-oh, it's about to end. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, man, uh, tonight the Wizards, they're now 3-3 three and three after a, a loss to the Boston Celtics on sunday night so this will be the second night of a back-to-back for them they go back to washington to host the sixers then the sixers return the favor and host the wizards on wednesday six o'clock special start time because the fly phillies are playing on wednesday night at eight o'clock so busy down there in the sports complex uh, across the street so um listen the team they're playing okay they're playing better they i watched some of that boston game even on a football sunday and they were struggling. Bradley Beal didn't score until the third quarter, late in the third quarter, with his first uh, free throw. And then he didn't make his first field goal until about less than two minutes to go in the third quarter. And they lose big time to the Boston Celtics. Not a good performance by the Washington Wizards, but they are three and three. Sixers three and four right now. I do believe the Sixers are a better basketball team. They should win. Even if Joel Embiid is not there, they made some Changes to their roster, Keith, Monte Morris, Will Barton coming in, Chris Tapps, Porzingis. We didn't see him last season, even though the trade happened uh, last season at the deadline. What do you look at this? What are you seeing in this Washington team with this game tonight against the Sixers? You know, I, I think the Washington is going to bounce back, but I don't think they'll get a win. And, and what I mean by that, I like, you know, this is a place where the Sixers have traditionally struggled at, though, coming to D.C. For whatever reason, it's just been tough for them. But, you know, a guy like Bradley Bill, when, you know, he's an all-star, all-NBA caliber player, I don't expect a guy like that to struggle two nights in a row, right? right. I, I just don't. And and as much as we talk about the Sixers' defense with Matisse and all that improved, they still – that's a small sample size. So they still have to prove it, right? So I expect Bradley Bill to have a, a quality game, but I do think that the 76ers – 
if Joel Embiid plays or if he doesn't play. I, I do think that they'll pull out a win here. I, I just think that they're a better team. Yeah, one of my things on this road trip, Keith, was I wanted to see them win since they started off the way that they did, one and three. I wanted to see them win three or four on, on this four-game road trip. And tonight is that game where they have to make sure that that record is just that, not two and two. You have a real good chance of where you are right now of winning this game tonight against a team that played on the second night of a back-to-back. Coming in, as you said, make your statement, win three games in a row, and start to feel real good about yourself. And I imagine that they do after you know the two wins that they've had. They haven't been perfect. But they have gotten the W, gotten the W, and gotten the job done. So Washington does pose a problem because they have a lot of different players. Bradley Beal, starting with him as the player that he is, got to slow him down, and he's not going to have two consecutive games, two consecutive nights where he's going to perform that poorly. Then the Porzingis factor, he seems to be fitting in pretty well with them off the bench. You bring in Will Barton, Monte Morris is there. Also, Kyle Kuzma is having a pretty good start to his season as well. The Sixers need to make sure that they gear up and saddle up for this one. It's not going to be easy. So, but I do think they win the game and improve to four and four uh, on the season. Three games this week: two against Washington, Friday against the New York Knicks, and then they're off for the weekend. So, an important one right here, Keith, for this basketball team. So, we'll of course be back with you guys tomorrow to talk about the result of the game, and we think the Sixers are going to win. So. Uh, that should be it, but we want to see how they do it. Matisse I will definitely going to have to play tonight uh, with the out-wing scores that they have on their roster. Thank you for making Locked On 76 as your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Keith, you mind telling the fine folks where they can find us? Yeah, just to repeat what, what D said, wherever you get your podcast, you can get this podcast. But make sure when you go to a YouTube channel and, and, and get us, make sure you click on that Liberty Bell, right? Click on that Liberty Bell and become a subscriber. Also tonight, I'm telling you, from 6 to 10, we talked about it in the opening. Listen Actually, to the man. Huh? Midnight tonight. Midnight, okay. From, what is it, from 6 to midnight? Yeah, yeah, six to midnight. Got the, Yo, they got the yeah. man and get ching ching. Can I hey can I get a couple of dollars? Bro, <laughs> 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 from six to midnight, you get to listen to D on 97.5, the divine giving show, right? Yep. So you do that, but also make sure you follow my man on Twitter, Divine G975. Follow me at Pompey on Sixers, right? On on Twitter. But also, you can read my work in the Philadelphia Inquirer. All right. Now, we're busy today with all these like sports are going crazy in the Philadelphia area. But listen, y'all, come to us. We, we, we got you covered. We got, got you covered on the news. We got you covered. We got you covered. All right, man. Well, listen, thanks, man. Go do what you need to do. I'll get myself situated. Also, everybody, have a great rest of your Monday. Enjoy it. Phillies, the Sixers tonight. Should be a fun time in the area. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.